Welcome to Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now in our study as we open the Word together. To abound more and more, meaning to mature. I believe I put a definition here. So uh, to abound means to excel, to increase, to grow. He, he's speaking about their spiritual maturity. So he's saying, guys, I, I know you guys started off good, but don't lose it now. Don't fall prey to this world. I want you to grow. And, and I want you to grow not just a little bit. I want you to grow more and more. You and I, as believers in Jesus Christ, I hope you understand this. You and I are in a battle. A battle for you to fall to the world and to the flesh and to a world system that's against God. A battle of the evil one. His name's Satan. And there's, he's got his minions that are wanting us to fall. If we fall prey to those temptations, if we go back to the world, if we start walking in the ways that we used to walk, we're going to lose out in the battle. Not only that, we're not going to mature. We're not going to grow in the things. So Paul's saying, I, I know you guys started well, but I want you to finish well. I want you to grow. When the whole virus thing took place two and a half years ago, we were on our face. We were asking God at one of the prayer meetings. We were just, you know, seeking the Lord. Okay, Lord, this is your church. And God made things very clear to us. Open the doors. Keep those doors open. This is my church. No one has the right to shut my doors. I will open an effective door. Nobody can shut it. And God just blessed it. And God used it in a powerful way. But one of the things at the prayer meeting, the, I believe the Lord impressed on my heart strongly, personally, because I was like, okay, Lord, now what? And I believe the Lord made it very clear, finish, two words, finish well. And I'm kind of excited about that because when I hear, I used to run track, I'm like, finish well? That means that there's a, the finish line's probably not too far ahead here. But finish well. And I believe that's what Paul's saying to these young believers, finish well. You started well, finish well. Don't give up. Don't give in. Don't fall prey to the flesh. Don't fall prey to the lies. Finish well. Keep pushing forward. Keep doing what I've called you to do. But look back in our text. But he also tells them, as you receive from us how you ought to walk and to, can we say that out loud? When the Bible talks about a walk, it talks about a lifestyle, our daily practical lifestyle. How, how are we to walk? So Paul is reminding them and reminding us we're to walk in a way that pleases God. And my question, my challenge to all of us, are you living a life to please God? Or are you living a life to please yourself? Or even worse, are you living a life to please others? Being set apart for the Lord, we're, we're called to be pleasing to God. And, and if we're walking in sin, we're, we're not going to be able to be in that place where, where we can please God. And, and God's desiring that we walk in such a way that we please him. And Paul's reminding those in Thessalonica, the letter goes to a church, so it's for us, walk in a way that pleases God. Back when I moved out here from Michigan, after we were married, my wife and I had to wait for my house to sell in Michigan before we could buy a house. And so finally the house sold after a year, and that was a, you know, kind of a trying time. Like, really, Lord, are you, do you want us to go back to Michigan? Please, I don't want to go there. <laughs> you said to be content no matter what state I'm in. I don't want to be in that state. I don't want to be there. <laughs> So we were looking for homes here, and it actually, we were going to Calvary Costa Mesa under Chuck Smith, so we wanted to live close by the church, and so we looked in the, the, the area, Santa Ana area, and I kid you not, I, 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 this is just what happened. We walked in one of the homes, we walked in the front door, as I walked right in the door, didn't even look at the house yet, the Lord spoke to my heart, said, this is your home. 
And I was like, that is awesome. And I'm like, I hope my wife likes it because I don't even know what it looks like. And I literally turned to her. I said, honey, the Lord said, this is our home. And she's like, are you really? And I said, yeah. It's like, and she's like, I love it. It's beautiful. I was like, oh, thank you, Lord. So we put a very low offer. And I'm thinking, well, if it's our home, you know, they're going to make it get a good deal here. So we went way under the houses. We're selling at the time like hotcakes, you know. So, but we put a very low offer in. I'm thinking, okay, Lord, you know, and they declined. And so I started praying. I said, listen, honey, I said, if this is the Lord, they're not going to be able to sell this house. So what we did is we had an apartment. I said, let's go to the apartment for six months and we'll just pray. And so we, we, right around the corner, we went, moved into an apartment. Five months later, I call up the real estate person. I says, hey, you know that home that we put an offer in? He goes, yeah. He goes, he goes uh, strange thing. He says, it's fallen out of escrow two or three times. It's still on the market. I said, really? <laughs> so we made another offer. They accepted the offer. We moved into the home. I guess my point is just being sensitive to the Holy Spirit and being sensitive you know, to, that we're pleasing Him, that we're pleasing God, and having that sensitivity to, to what He wants, what He's saying. And, and so I wish I could say all the time, like every day, He just speaks loud and clear. No, primarily He speaks through His Word. And he desires to speak to us. He desires that we walk in all of his ways because that's what he desires. Amen? When we lived in the area, I went on a walk near the, there's railroad tracks over there. And as I was walking, I picked up a pebble in my shoe. And so I'm trying to walk. And so it, it, it's in my shoe. And then it was like really painful. I was like, oh man, that's terrible. And I kept walking and, you know, I'm spending time with the Lord, just talking to the Lord. And as I'm walking, I'm like, oh man, so Lord, and like, and then after a while, it kind of worked its way in a special place inside of my foot. And I was like, that's not so bad. And I was like, well, that's really not so bad. And I kept walking. I'm thinking, this is, you know, this is pretty good. And I can walk like this. And every once in a while, it's like, oh, okay, it's still in there. And then, then I'm like, you idiot, just take it out of your shoe. <laughs> and I took it out. I dumped it out. And, I, and then I felt the Lord use that to show me that we can do that sometimes with sin, you let sin get in, and you're like, oh, man, that's terrible. Oh, God, I'm sorry. Then it's like, after a while, it's like, well, it's not so bad. And I can learn to live with this sin, and I can walk with this sin. But the problem is, if we don't go to the cross, if we don't dump it out on the cross, if we don't repent of it, if we don't give it to the Lord, that sin in our life will not please God. And we're called to please God. Amen? I believe we're living in a world that has no regard for God. You see things that are taking place, and especially in this state that we're living in, you're like, are you kidding me? Is, does anybody want to please God in this state? And other things that we see taking place, I believe that we've been looking at this time and time again, but I believe as we're talking about pleasing God, and I believe it's so important that we do please God, but as we look at things that are taking place, I believe not only are the things that are taking place in our world and in this, in this state and in this country, a lot of it's not pleasing to God, but a lot of it is actually pointing towards the return of Jesus Christ coming back to the earth, taking us to be with him. Amen? Amen. So we've got a few things I want to share with you. This is terrible. This just came out. A new study reveals that only two-thirds of pastors... Excuse me, new study reveals that two-thirds of pastors don't have a biblical worldview. Two-thirds of the pastors do not have, that's two out of three, do not have a biblical worldview. That's terrible. That's a, a, a Barna report that came out, George Barna. So that's, that's not pleasing to God. 
If we don't have a biblical worldview, how do we know which way to go? Amen? How about this? Did you guys see this? Elon Musk, listen to this. SpaceX, he says, will we'll end cell phone dead zone worldwide. And you might say, well, pastor, why does that excite you? Well, think through this. Uh, Revelation chapter 11, there's going to be two witnesses. Remember, they're going to be killed and put in, they're going to be laid in the street. They're not going to bury them for three and a half days, right? It tells us the whole world will be able to see them. Well, there's a lot of dry spots around the world, but Elon Musk is saying, no, no, we're going to fix all that. We're going to make sure everyone around the world can see from their cell phone what's going on around the world. So interesting stuff taking place. Then you've got this, World Economic Forum's looking to normalize implantable tracking chips. So they're making an announcement saying everyone should have this chip in them. All the babies, we should put chips in them right away. And that, if you think of it, Without the Bible physically, that sounds like a good thing. It's like, well, you won't lose your children. You'll know where they're at at all times. So that sounds good. Uh, you won't need keys anymore to get into your car. You just put your hand up there like this. You won't need to bring your wallet at all to buy or sell. You just go to the store and just go like this. You know, Amazon's doing a lot of the, the palm reading here. Someone told me that uh, Starbucks went cashless. They're going, is that right here in Southern California? Someone told me, yeah, they're going cashless in Southern. So this is where we're going. Why do I say that? Well, don't we know Revelation 13 talks about you're not going to be able to buy or sell without a mark on your right hand or on your forehead. Interesting stuff that we're seeing. But we're seeing a lot of this coming together all at the same time. How about this? Jerusalem Post. This is a Jewish man that's writing this. says, is God punishing the United States of America? He says, it is a challenge for me to believe that the series of plagues that have befallen the United States of America of late are not part of some heavenly master plan. You might say, where is that in prophecy? Well, the Bible tells us in the last days, listen, no one will stand with the nation of Israel. We are not standing right now with the nation of Israel. Do you know that? I've had people argue with me, no, 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 Biden, he likes Israel. It's like, really, why is he negotiating with Iran? God says, I will bless those that bless the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I will curse those that curse the the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So I believe, personally believe, that what's happening, it's all part of fulfilled prophecy. What is going to take place is that no one's going to stand with the nation of Israel. Why? Because the Battle of Gog of Magog, Russia, Turkey, Iran will come down from the north and attack Israel, and God himself will protect them. Amen? Then you have this, state assembly passes bill making state, the state of California, transgender refuge for kids. So if they want to have medical treatments, uh, they're trying to make our state this. Do you think that's pleasing to God? But I always love to end with good news when I do news. So former Kansas teacher to receive 95,000 from district that disciplined her for refusing to use preferred pronouns and to lie to parents. So she, she won the case verses that go with this as we talk about pleasing God. I love this. It says, by faith, Enoch was taken away that he did not see death. You know, Enoch was the one that was raptured. When we get to heaven, I hope I get to see the DVD what happened when he got raptured. I'm his friends where they just talk. Was he talking to his friends? Just, it's like, where did Enoch go? He's gone. But listen to this. For he was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, before God raptured him, He had this testimony that he did what? He pleased God. And God says, that's my favorite one. Come up here. He was pleasing to God. 1 Thessalonians 2, 4, it says, but as we have been approved by God, Paul talking, 
to be entrusted with the, can we say that out loud, gospel? That's the good news. Do you know every one of us as believers have been entrusted with the good news, the gospel, right? But listen to this. This is what he says. It's entrusted to us. He says, even so we speak. So the gospel has been given to all of us. My question and my challenge to all of us, are we speaking it? Are we telling people? This is why. Not as pleasing who? Man. You know when you speak the gospel, people are not going to be too pleased with you? You're not to please man, but who? God, who tests our hearts. Last one we're going to look at that goes with this. Proverbs 16, 7 says, When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies at peace with him. I believe that's a general statement. Generally speaking, that's what God will do when you are pleasing to God, when you do things God's way. That's what happens. Back in our text. For this is the will of God. Your, can we say that out loud, please? Sanctification. That you abstain from sexual immorality. That each of you know, should know how to possess his own vessel. That's where the vessel of the Holy Spirit, so your own body, in sanctification and honor. Not in passions of lust. Like the Gentiles who do not know God. When Paul the Apostle wrote this, the Roman world was very perverse. Even their ways of worship was sexual and perverse. And, and I believe, again, that Timothy came back and said, hey, somebody's lying to these guys. Somebody's telling them it's okay that they're, what they're doing, sexual sin is okay. So Paul's making it very clear. He says, no, you're sanctified. You're to be set apart. So the definition, so that's sanctified means set apart to God and holy, pure. Sexual immorality, it's the, the Greek word pornea, where we get our, our word pornography. It's fornication, speaking of sex outside of a biblical marriage between a man and a woman. We, before you could just say marriage, which we can't do, we had to talk about, you know, no, between a man and a woman. Abstain means to avoid doing it, to keep from doing it, to depart I want to make this clear as we talk about sex, sexual sins, to abstain. The Roman world was perverse. I I believe we're living in a world that's very perverse right now. And it's not like God is in heaven and he's this this killjoy. Like, okay, I'm going to give you guys these passions, these desires, but you can't use it. No, he created sex. He created it to be in the confines of marriage. And that's what it's for. And so if it's outside of marriage, it's dangerous. So God's just saying, these are the parameters. This is, you know, this is for your pleasure. This is for, you know, to, to have children. And this is good for in the marriage. But outside of the marriage, it's dangerous. And so the warning goes out for every one of us to beware, be careful. One of the best illustrations I can think of is a, a fireplace. When you have a fireplace in your home and it, you, the heat comes out, it looks good and you get warmth from it. It smells good and everything's great. But if you were to take that same fire that's good, nothing wrong with the fire, and you put it out on the carpet, that's going to burn your house down. And same thing with, with, with sex and, and passion and all these things. They're in the right place. It's awesome. It's powerful. It's wonderful. But outside of that, it's dangerous. And so beware, and the warning, the warning goes out. Only by the Holy Spirit can we do anything to please God. We need more of Him in our lives. Friday, we had uh, David and Terry Newman. They, they renewed their vows, but on the same day, their 50-year wedding anniversary here in this place. It was so awesome. <laughs> 
And I, I shared a verse out of Ecclesiastes 4, verse 12. It says, though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him for a threefold what? cord is not quickly broken. And, and I believe that's the Holy Spirit in our marriages. When the Holy Spirit is binding us close together, it's like a three-strand cord. It's not easily broken. You can't break that, that cord. And for those that are married here, I just say, make sure the Holy Spirit's binding you guys together. Make sure in your marriage that it's the Holy Spirit that's keeping you guys close to each other. If there's things in there that are trying to, to get you away from that closeness with your spouse, repent, turn from it. Allow the Holy Spirit to, to do that work Binding you close. Single people that are here right now, just trust in the Holy Spirit to lead you, to direct you. Those passions, those desires, uh, they're for a time and a place. So keep looking to him. He's your husband. Or he's, he's the one that you, you keep looking to and count on, rely on the work of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Let's look at the last three verses. That no one should take advantage of or defraud his brother in this matter. So somebody was lying to them, saying, oh, sexual sin, it's okay. God understands. And he says, don't listen to them. Why? Because the Lord will avenge such. In other words, the Lord will deal with those that are lying to you. But he goes on and says, but we forewarned you. And it says, God did not call us to uncleanness, lust, but in holiness. Therefore, he who rejects this does not reject man. So Paul's making it very clear. This isn't my commandment. If you reject this, you're not rejecting me, but God but then the main point is, who has given us his, can we say that out loud, please? Holy Spirit. I believe two things he's saying. You have the Holy Spirit. You know this is right. God, the Spirit, lives inside of you. You know that what I'm telling you, Paul's saying, is right, and what they're telling you is a lie. Listen to the truth of the Holy Spirit that's living inside of you. Live a holy life. First time I heard the, the scripture where it, says, where it says, I'm holy, be holy. I don't know about you, but the first time I heard it, I thought it was like an arresting officer. Like, I'm holy, be holy. I was like, okay. And now that I get to know the Lord and I know his love, it's, not, it's like, I'm holy. Let me give you my holiness, my Holy Spirit. Let me sanctify you. Again, we, we accept Christ, we're sanctified, we're set apart. But every, listen, every single day, we have to make a choice. Are we gonna follow our flesh pleasing our flesh? Or are we going to follow the leading and the guidance of the Holy Spirit every day? As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord because the benefits of walking in the ways of the Holy Spirit are so great. God has a plan for each one of us. He has a purpose. And the enemy is a liar and he wants to deceive. He wants to keep you from all that God has for you. And if you're okay living life just to live life, to punch the clock and, and that's it, and you want to serve your flesh, you will miss out on all eternity what God has for you. And listen, you will miss out on the will of God, that the will, what is your will? It's, we just looked at, what is God's will for your life? First and foremost, sanctify yourself. Set yourself apart from those things and watch God work. Amen? Great verse that goes with this, verses actually. Paul writes in Galatians 5.16, he says, so I, I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Walk in the spirit, a spirit-filled life, walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill. It doesn't say you won't have desires, you won't have those passions. No, no, it says if you walk in the spirit, you won't fall to those, you won't, you, you, you won't, accomplish those ways. But listen to what he goes on to say. For the, the flesh lusts against the 
spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. So I believe this, what this is saying is, okay, so the Holy Spirit wants to dominate us as believers. The flesh wants to dominate you. They're not okay with just having a part of you. They, they want to dominate. So you've got this, they're contrary to another, one another. So the Holy Spirit's saying, I want to dominate you. I want to fill you. I want to be inside of you. I want to guide. I want to direct. I want to teach. I want to show. I want to bring you into all truth. I want to use you. Just, just give yourself totally over to me. Paul the Apostle told, uh, wrote to Timothy to give yourself totally over to the, the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So there's this battle, but then the flesh is there saying, I want to dominate you. Personally, every time I've fallen to fleshly ways, it's a disaster. For those that are in the flesh cannot please God. It affects the ministry. It affects my marriage. It affects the people around you. Your sin, I hope we all realize that our sin affects not just ourselves. It affects our family. It affects the people around us. It, it affects others. And so there's the battle, the, the life of the spirit, the life of the flesh, Choose you this day who you will serve. And you, every day, we, we, we have these temptations and these things. And, and as we're told, if you just continue to walk in the spirit, I just see this, you know, this battle that takes place. And you're just like, okay, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be led in the spirit. So you've got the battle. Each one of us have the battle. The good news is we have the Holy Spirit that gives us power over these things. You might say, well, how do you know if you're walking in the spirit? That's a good question. Thank you for asking, by the way. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. Well, wait a second. That's actually singular. You know that? Fruit of the Spirit is love, singular. It goes on to explain joy, peace, long-suffering, kind. All those are attributes. So when you're in love, these are, these are the things that are going to take place in your life. So the fruit of the Spirit is love. How do we know if we're operating in the Spirit? Well, there's going to be joy in your life. There's going to be peace in your life. There's going to be patience or long-suffering. There's going to be kindness. There's going to be goodness. There's going to be, you're going to be faithful because the Holy Spirit is teaching you and, and keeping you. There's going to be gentleness, self-control. Against such, there's no law. When you're walking in the Spirit, we're not under the law. When you're in the flesh, it's ugly. Those that are in the flesh, it says there's death spiritual death, but those that are in the spirit, there's life and peace. So this is how we know if we're operating in the spirit. So, and then those who are Christians have crucified the flesh and it's, can we say that out loud, please? Passions and desires. Paul the apostle said, I reckon this old man dead. He even said, I die daily. That daily temptation that comes, it's like, no, no, that's dead. I'm not gonna fall prey to that. And the last part of this, it says, for if we live in the, can we say it out loud, please? Spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. I believe this is saying, if we live in the spirit, it means the Holy Spirit lives in us, we're born again. But then we have an obligation day by day, let's walk in the spirit. In other words, let's choose to, to live a life dominated by the Holy Spirit and not dominated by the flesh or the world. Then he says, let us not become conceited. That's not pleasing to God. Provoking one another and envying one another. So, as we close, His Holy Spirit. The takeaway, if you don't get anything else, the takeaway. As believers, let's be those that are constantly led by the Holy Spirit. This is not a condemnation. This is an invitation by the Lord saying, I, the, the Lord saying by His Spirit, I want to indwell you. I want to lead you. 
I want to direct you. I want to bless you. I want to teach you. And so we have that choice. Again, the takeaway, be sensitive to his spirit. Be sensitive to the leading, the direction of the Spirit. Because listen, just as much as God has a plan for every one of us, do you know the devil has a plan for your life also? And he wants to steal, destroy. He wants to hurt you. Don't let him do it. As for me and my house, I hope you say personally, I'm going to serve the Lord. Hi, this is Pastor Joe, and I'd like to take a moment to personally invite you to one of our three services here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor in Huntington Beach. Our service times are 9 a.m., 10.45 a.m., and 12.30 p.m. Please come and say hi after the service. I would love to meet you. For more information, check out our website at ccoth.com. That's ccoth.com. God bless you. You've been listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick and Outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. Our new location is at 4121 Warner Avenue in Huntington Beach at the beautiful Huntington Harbor Marina. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory.